Hey everyone, Dallas Greenaway here. Welcome to the Jesus on Display podcast. Before we begin our content, I wanted to say thanks for supporting us here at Fellowship Greenville with your gifts and generosity. Because of your giving, we get to share resources like this podcast with you to help reach you wherever you are in your life with Jesus. If you'd like to support the ministry of Fellowship Greenville, you can head to fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash give to get started. Thanks so much for your support and we hope you enjoyed this episode. if you've ever thought this way, maybe it's just me, but there's been times when, when I've thought and I've, I've said aloud and I've talked to friends and I think there's a good heart behind this, but I've said something like, man, I just wish that we could go back to the days of the early church. I just wish we could go back to the, to the first century church and what we see in Acts and see the, the miracles that were being done and be a part of that huge movement and huge growth. And wasn't everything just the way it was supposed to be in the early church. And again, I get that. I get the heartbeat behind that. I think that there's a lot right in what we're saying, but I think that the more that you read through Acts and the more that you read the letters that Paul and others wrote in the New Testament, the epistles, the more you see that there was a bunch of messy things going on in the early church too. And so, yes, we've got a ton of things that are messy in the church today, but I think that the Lord has been sweet and kind to me to say, hey, I understand what you're saying, but I put you in the church here in 2023 in Greenville, South Carolina. And there was messiness then and there's messiness now, but maybe part of the reason I've put you there is to have you meet some of those needs and be a part of at least finding solutions for some of that mess. So that's, that's helped me kind of reorient uh, when I think about, man, I just wish I could go back. And maybe, you know, I think one day we're gonna get to ask a whole lot of questions and maybe get kind of some firsthand insight into that, which will be really fun. But for now, I think the Lord's called us to keep our focus in the here and now and what he wants to do in 2023. So these two groups are at odds. We gotta find a solution. These widows need to be uh, getting their daily distribution. And so the disciples come together, verses two through four, say, and the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this day, uh, this duty, excuse me. Uh, Verse four says, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, I think uh, upon first glance at these three verses right here, there is this like, wait, are they saying that what they're doing is better than this need that needs to be filled? Like, are they they competing with ministries? And well, mine is better. Uh, We need to preach and we need to pray, but find somebody else who's lowly that can take care of that lower task. It, It could seem at first glance like this is an arrogant or harsh thing. But that doesn't seem to be the heartbeat of the disciples here as they're trying to solve this, uh, this issue. In fact, uh, the word for serve in verse two, talking about the serving of the tables and the word for ministry in verse four, talking about um, the ministry of the, of the word, these are actually from the same Greek word, uh, diakonia. And that basically just means ministry or service. And that's where we get our, our English word for deacon. And so, no, it wasn't a competing of the ministries. Here's what was happening. Remember the context, the the church is growing. And this is actually something that we have experienced here at Fellowship Greenville, especially over the last year. And that as things grow, more opportunities and more needs arise and more people are needed to meet those needs. And so there's ministry of preaching the word and, and prayer, but there's also this ministry 
It's not like putting them on, putting one on a pedestal and putting one down at third place or lower, but there's a ministry of meeting people's needs when it comes to their daily food. And so I think the disciples are just wisely realizing, hey, there's, there's a growing need for more preaching and more prayer and more training up of people who would do that. And we just don't have the time to do all the things that need to be done. So let's invite some other people to be a part of that too. And so they invite Timon and Pumbaa and all their friends, the seven guys of good repute full of the spirit. So I think that that's what's happening. So in verses five through six, uh, or five and six, we see that those seven guys are brought up. And then in verse seven, here's how it ends, much like it started, remember it began with, hey, the church is growing and the church is increasing, and then this messiness arises, and then it ends in verse seven the same way. Somehow, the meeting of this practical need, this act of service, appears to have further contributed to the advancement of the kingdom because there's an increase, there's multiplication, the church keeps growing, and even some of the leaders in Israel, some of the priests, start to turn and see that Jesus really is their savior. That's incredible. That's incredible. And it leads us to our first of three points this morning. Serving the church is not about building your kingdom, but is about building God's kingdom. Serving the church is not about building your kingdom, but about building God's kingdom. Verses one through seven, like I just mentioned, do begin and end with the gospel spreading. And after all, this is the call of the church to multiply, to go and make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, and to all the ends of the earth. That's us. We're the ends of the earth right there. This is exactly what is happening. Through the direct preaching of the word, yes, but it also seems like God is using the word lived out, even in something like a first century meal train. You know, guys know what I mean when I say a meal train. Uh, when somebody's pregnant lately, now there's this website called Meal Train where you can like fill in, hey, uh, we need to meet this need and give food for them. It's all, that's almost like what we see in Acts 6, right? This meeting of the needs, this providing of food. And even through something like that, this meeting of a very practical need, the gospel is going forth. The kingdom is being advanced. It's all about his kingdom. The church does not exist to advance the kingdom of Dallas or of Jim Thompson or of Jason Malone, or even Dr. Charles Franklin Boyd. The church does not exist to advance the kingdom of the biggest donors or the loudest voices in the room. She is not meant to be manipulated by anyone or any group of people for their own agenda. The church of Jesus Christ is meant to serve God by reflecting the gospel to each other, to one another, and the world we live in. It's all about his kingdom. So every baby held in the nursery Every time the Bible is open for group study or teaching, every community group member prayed for, all of the serving going on in the various specific ministries of the church, each time your truck is borrowed to help a church family member move, and any other act of service is somehow contributing to the advancing of the kingdom and the building up of the church. And I don't know about you, but I think that's really beautiful and really encouraging because it all matters to God. It all matters within his kingdom. No matter how culture might look at your act of service, and if they say it's top tier or they say it's bottom tier, the Lord says that all these acts of service matter. They're all contributing to the building up of the kingdom. And yet, while it is true that, hey, it's about building his kingdom and not ours, part of building God's kingdom seems to be that he actually wants to build us up as we are giving ourselves away that in giving yourself away with no expectation of return, it's actually one of the places you find more life than you could ever imagine. He builds us up as the church and as people together, as an entire family group, but he also builds us up as individuals. 
I mean, it's often in serving where we find exactly how we're wired and how we're gifted. It's where we find the things that we're truly passionate about. It's where we find joy. It's where we find a deeper connection with God. In my, in my own life and in my own walk, uh, it was in middle school that I started serving. I started serving with, uh, with Vicki Hart, and shout out to Vicki, and, and kids. And I would serve with uh, like preschoolers and then eventually kindergartners and, and first graders. And that was one of the places that God used to mold and shape me and form me to, to help me see my gift and, and wiring for things like teaching and help me see that, yeah, you're, you're meant to be with the next generation. You're meant to be pouring into them. And honestly, that's one of the places many years ago now that if God wasn't pulling me in and inviting me into that, I don't, I don't know exactly what I'd be doing. I definitely wouldn't be probably standing here before you. But somehow you, the God used that to wire me, uh, or, or rather to, to build me, to mold me, to shape me into the man that I am today. And I'm really, really thankful for that. What's your motivation for, for serving? When it comes down to it, are you serving in hopes of getting some kind of recognition or approval? Are you looking to get plugged in somewhere so you can show off your gifts or finally show somebody, hey, this is how this act of service was meant to be done in the first place? Or are we recognizing that our heavenly father is inviting us to build something with him? And that's all the motivation that we need. Serving the church is not about building your kingdom, but about building God's kingdom. Point number two, serving the church is not just about a a single day of the week, but a daily lifestyle. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe you kind of thought about this as soon as I said serving in the church or serving the local body and kind of put some parameters around it, put it in a box. But admittedly, when I do think of serving in the church, I think of, hey, the specific things that need to be done and people need to fill these roles on a Sunday morning. But the reality is that is not the extent of what it means to serve the church, to serve and love one another well to give ourselves away to one another. In fact, within this passage, the dispute is not about, hey, this once a week distribution of food, but to use language in Acts, it says daily distribution. This is something that was done regularly throughout the week. It wasn't just, hey, when we get together, we're gonna give you a a Walmart bag and send you on your way. No, it was, they were daily meeting the needs of these people, and so it is meant to be with us today, a couple thousand years later. There's around 50 verses in the New Testament that contain the words one another. Things like bear one another's burdens, love one another, be patient with one another, even to wash one another's feet, which just humor me here for a second. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm gonna wash your feet. Now here's the other side. Turn to your other neighbor, your second choice, and tell him, but not yours, okay? (laughs) But not yours. Now, admittedly, there's not the same uh, cultural setting as was here in the first century where foot washing is not really a normal thing that we're gonna do for one another. uh, Neither is there a a need for it as much as there was back then. But maybe in some situations, maybe you've washed somebody's feet before. Uh, It's mostly symbolic for us at this point though, meaning, hey, are we gonna be willing to humble ourselves and lower ourselves just as Jesus did, give ourselves away, again, with no expectation of return, and serve people? No matter how low it makes us look, no matter what it does to our reputation, sometimes no matter how it makes us feel, because that's what we're called to, following in Jesus's footsteps. So as we consider where God has called us to serve, I'd love for us to be open to God, opening our eyes to the needs of the church and thinking not just about Sundays, but about every day of the week. Is there somebody that you're in connection with as a part of this church family who needs encouragement on a Tuesday even? 
Is there somebody who does need to borrow your truck to move? And listen, I have had a truck in the past. I kind of want one again, but then I think about all the people who asked me to move, which I'm, I'm very thankful that you did that. It was a lot of fun, uh, but I, I'm in a season where I can't apparently now because I don't have a truck anymore, so don't, don't call me. Um, but, uh, but maybe there's somebody who needs that, or maybe there's just somebody who needs prayer. I, I know for me today, I was greatly encouraged. This is not something that we have a sign-up list to do. Hey, when you sign up for this, and, and you're gonna text this person a certain verse of the Bible or a certain encouragement, but this morning, there were people who were texting me right as I was going through kind of the first run-through of this message, and I can't tell you how encouraging it was to know that the church body was praying for me. That's an act of service, and that's not just restricted within the couple hours that we're here together on a Sunday morning. We often talk around here about seeing life through gospel or kingdom lenses, and I think that service is one of the things where when we, when we put these bad boys on, I almost did like a VR headset thing, but I thought I would uh, lose some of you guys. Uh, but when we put these gospel lenses on, these kingdom lenses, I think one of the things that the Lord does is he makes us more aware of the needs that are all around us. So again, going back to that prayer we mentioned this morning, would you be willing to pray something like, hey, Lord, show me where the needs are. Show me where you're calling me to step in, even here in the local church. Serving the church is not just about a single day of the week, but a daily lifestyle. And this gets us to our third and final point. Serving the church is not just for a select group, but is for the entire body. Now, I think Jim Thompson is actually gonna talk about this when he talks about spiritual gifts, so I don't wanna steal too much of his thunder, but maybe one of the, the best pictures for, hey, how's the body supposed to work, the church body, is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul talks about this, uh, this church body, in order to have a healthy, well-functioning body, it's much like the human body, where, hey, all of the pieces are necessary and necessary to be working in the way that they're supposed to. They're supposed to all be healthy. We're supposed to have them all to be a fully functioning human body. And the same is true, again, Jim will probably talk about this more, but the same is true when it comes to uh, the church body, where we need each other. We need each member, we need each person, and we need you doing your part, fulfilling your role, stepping into what God has called you to step into so that our church body might be fully functioning and healthy. And again, I will say, this is an incredible place. Fellowship Greenville really is. And we are healthy in so many ways, but I, I know that there's still some of you who you, you've been hesitant or you've been wavering or you've been wanting to get plugged in but haven't known how. And let me say, if maybe it's kind of been hard for you even just thinking about, well, what, what could my role here be? Is there any use for the things I feel gifted in? Or I just don't know if I have time in my schedule for that. Or maybe you've actually discounted yourself and said, I just don't think that I have anything useful to give. Well, let me encourage you to go read through 1 Corinthians 12, and if you really believe the scripture that is there about the human body and the, the body of the church being very similar, then you've gotta believe that we're all needed in this thing. We're all needed and we're all called to jump in and do our part for this thing to be as healthy as it can be. Each one of us is needed, not one over the other. As I was studying this week, uh, or for the past couple weeks, rather, I found this quote from Lloyd John Ogilvie. All right, maybe there's a, a name for you if you're picking out a baby name. Lloyd John Ogilvie, it's kind of hard not to say Lord John Ogilvie for some reason, but anyway, uh, this quote says that out of the insignificant can come the infinitely important things the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us and is using for a greater strategy. 
Again, if you've been somebody who's discounted your gift, just think about this passage in Acts 6, where through the meeting of a simple need of food, providing daily food for some folks, God used that in some way, shape, or form to continue advancing the kingdom. What might he wanna do with the gift that you bring to the table that you may feel right now is insignificant? I know that the Lord wants to use it. Serving the church is not just for a select group, but it's for the entire body. This gets us back to our question that we started with. In, for, and through the church, what kind of service has Jesus called me to? And looking back at the three groups, maybe you are in here and there's, there's clearly, man, you could list off these places where the Lord has opened doors for you to serve. And I would encourage you, praise God for those things. Don't take those things for granted. It is a beautiful thing to be a part of God's church and be serving in that way. But maybe he's also kind of opened your eyes and, and helped you see like, hey, but there's, there's more to be done here. Like he's not done with Fellowship Greenville and he's not done with, with you. So maybe there's some things that stick out to you about where you can jump in further, meet some, some different needs. But maybe you're here uh, and for the first time, you're really kind of thinking, hey, maybe, maybe this is like the push I need. I've kind of been thinking about it and praying about it. And I know that I'm supposed to be a larger part of the church, but I don't know what that looks like. Might I give you three suggestions? And the first one is just to pray. Ask God to open your eyes and open some doors and make a way and bring some clarity around where you're supposed to be. And then step into it. Second suggestion is just to, to go to our, our help desks, our guest services, and the fine folks over there who are in the commons area, and they would love to plug you into specific places where we have need within the church, things that are happening on Sundays and beyond. And then maybe the, the third and, and final piece of, of uh, jumping in that I'm gonna list off for today is uh, to get in community. I can't tell you how blessed me and my family have been by being in an intentional uh, community group over the last nine months or so. We just joined a, a relatively new group and it's been such a blessing to us for our kids and for, for our marriage. Um, and it really has been something that the Lord has used to build us up. But within community, there's, uh, you're, you're in close proximity with people who have very real needs and you get a chance on a regular basis to meet them. Even if it's just sending a text before they teach, to wish them some encouragement and tell me you're praying for him. As we mentioned earlier, Jesus is our ultimate example of what it looks like to live as a servant. And so it's his example that we're gonna end with this morning. I'm gonna read from Philippians chapter two, verses one through 11. And these are the words of Paul. He says in Philippians two, verse one, so there is, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind, and do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
The Jesus on Display podcast is produced right here at Fellowship Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Follow and share this podcast with anyone who might be interested or curious about our church community or how storytelling unites us and helps us feel more connected. To actively keep up with what's going on in our church, head to our website at fellowshipgreenville.org, follow us on all social media platforms, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. Grace and peace to you for your week. We'll see you next time.